Welcome to 5-Minute Finance, a podcast that explores topics that are impacting your money. Join us as we discuss what is moving the economy, markets, stocks, and personal finance. This podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Before acting on any financial advice, you should consult a financial professional who can review your specific financial situation. Any opinions expressed by the hosts or guests are their own and do not reflect the opinion of LVM Capital Management. Clients or employees of LVM Capital Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in the podcast. Welcome to 5-Minute Finance. I am Tyler. Here with me today is Jordan. We've had some interesting market moves over the last few weeks with the volatility index in the market starting to jump up a little bit. Uh, We're at 27 on the VIX as of this morning. And also along with this podcast, we will have some charts being posted to the blog section on our website or on the website portion for the podcast. So you can kind of follow along with some of the charts that we'll be talking about today. But we're looking at the VIX, which is basically an index that is designed to track what the market is kind of expecting for volatility for the S&P 500. And a level of 27 is above normal. The chart we're looking at goes back to 2017, early 2017. And it's about averaged close to 20, maybe a little under 20 for the last five or six years or so. And so it's, it's a little bit above normal. But when you look at that and you compare it to, you'll see a large spike that we had during the Corona crash or you know early, early March of 2020, that spiked all the way up to 80. And so we're certainly not at that point yet, although there are several headlines that are causing investors to maybe be a little more nervous. Jordan, you want to point on some of those headlines? Yeah, there's a number of them I'm seeing right now. You know, the new strain that's coming out that I'm not even going to try to pronounce because I'll probably end up botching that. We still have supply chain issues. Those seem to be working themselves out a bit. Certainly, uh, I know they've disrupted my holiday shopping plans as well. And then there's taper talk, which is also in line with the Fed, potentially increasing interest rates next year. And I think all three of those have kind of caused somewhat of this spike in the volatility index as investors are a little more anxious about what's going to happen in the market. Right. And to that last point, in terms of maybe higher interest rates in the near future, investors typically look at tech stocks as being maybe more sensitive to higher interest rates. And so the chart we'll look at next here, we're looking at the NASDAQ composite uh, percentage of stocks uh, with new 52-week lows. And that's about 20% of the NASDAQ composite, which typically is comprised of or has a larger percentage of technology stocks, higher growth stocks in the NASDAQ composite. And that's at about 20%. So 20% of those members are at 52-week lows, which you have to go back to March of 2020 to see a, a larger spike when you had about 60%. And then even before that, you know, end of 2018, when the market, the, the third quarter or fourth quarter of 2018, the market was down about 20% as well. And you got close to 40% back in 2018. So maybe uh, investors, maybe a little spooked, in particular growth stock investors or technology investors, with higher interest rates. Yeah. So Tyler, maybe for education uh, for the listeners here, why don't we talk about why some of these stocks are down, why the prospect of higher interest rates is causing really the valuation of these stocks to come down, not just the price, but what investors deem to be, you know, if we're looking at price to earnings ratios or price to sales ratios, why are these getting cut in half or by three quarters in some cases? 
Yeah. Well, typically when investors value a company or a business, when they're looking at that on a discounted cash flow basis, which just basically looks at what the earnings will be over the next five years and then into the future, what they're using for a discount rate uses interest rates. And typically the 10-year treasury is is one of those as a risk-free rate. And so the higher that goes, the higher the discount rate you'll end up using for those cash flows into the future, which means you're discounting at a higher rate. The value of those cash flows are worth less in the future. So if you don't have a whole lot of earnings right now, but you're expecting to have a lot of earnings in 10 years from now, typically you'll see a bigger discount to those as the interest rates rise into the future. Now, there are several stocks here on a chart Jordan is pointing out right now. We're looking at some of those stocks that maybe don't have a lot of earnings right now, and then maybe what their returns have been over what they've been over the last year. Yeah. So I was just picking on Zoom here, and and maybe you can give an example of how this works out in real time. But Zoom video, which I think we all knew or grew to knew in 2020, had an incredible year, up roughly 400% in calendar year 2020. 2021 comes around, and now it's you know, almost 60% off its high as investors, as Tyler was kind of explaining there, are revaluing what growth might be going forward. And it's easy to get, you know, caught up in that when, you know, the virus hits and we're all from home, we're actively using that. So, you know, the assumptions about growth and earnings change. And now you have maybe slowing growth in a name like Zoom on top of a potential for higher interest rates, which is going to impact that discounted cash flow analysis, which we use to to value some of these companies. Yeah. And to that point of Zoom and the some of the stocks that worked really well over the last 18 months or so due to COVID, right? The Zooms of the world, the Modernas, the Pelotons, the DocuSigns, Penn National Gaming, DraftKings, all these that benefited from, you know, kind of more staying at home. You're seeing those stocks that performed really well last year, right? As you kind of pointed out, you know, Zoom at one point was up over 400%. You have, you know, Moderna was up close to, you know, 600, over 600% from the start of January, 2020. Now you're seeing some of these stocks in pretty large declines and drawdowns. So, you know, Moderna down 37% off its high, Zoom off 58% of its high, Peloton down 74% off its high. So a lot of these stocks that looked like they had a lot of growth, they were getting very high valuation multiples, and it's maybe coming back down to more reasonable type levels. Right. You know, I don't know if this, you know, completely changes the the thesis for these names going forward. And they all have very individual stories there and in different levels of earnings or revenue. Um, but it's, it's certainly eye catching when you see declines, you know, 50, 60% off a high that's a pretty substantial drawdown in a publicly traded or or non-publicly traded company to see a valuation change that great. Yeah, and we have another chart here that kind of shows the the median drawdown by 2020 return. So, the top 10% of stocks in terms of 2020 return, those stocks on a median basis are down close to 25% off of their high. So the ones that performed the best last year are seeing the biggest drawdowns. Which intuitively, I think, makes sense. Right. Trees don't grow to the sky. There you go. <laughs> there, there has to be some give and take, and it looks like the risk-reward just kind of got a little bit out of reach. seems that risk happens fast, and that kind of it was what you see priced in the VIX when you see a spike in this VIX index 
the volatility index, it's usually quite pronounced. Yeah. And a lot of these growth stocks, you know, they, they take the stairs up and the elevator down. And another widely followed ETF for these kind of growth names is the ARC fund. And there was a tweet going around the financial Twitter in terms of the stocks that are in that ETF. And right now, well, as of, as of the end of last week, I think it was all but four stocks in the end of that fund are in a bear market. What that means is all but four are down more than 20%. And even the four that are not down 20% are still you know, down 12 to 17% roughly. So those stocks with maybe some potential really high growth, but also really high valuations are getting hit significantly. And then the other one here is Bitcoin that, and a lot of the cryptocurrencies kind of had a little bit of a flash crash this weekend. Bitcoin was down right now is about 27% off its high, but you know, over the weekend, I think it was down 20% in a day. That's the other thing to keep in mind when you're, you know, when we had these cryptocurrency podcasts is these types of securities, if they're technically called securities, see higher volatility than you will in, in stocks. But I'm just, we've got a chart here that we'll post that's, this goes back to three years, but the percentage off high in terms of the big and Bitcoin price. And, uh, just over the last two, two and a half years, you've seen 50% declines in the price twice. And you see 20% declines probably, you know, five or six different times over the last few years. Whereas, you know, stocks last 20% decline was March, 2020. So you get much wilder swings in in the cryptocurrencies. And oddly enough, it seems to happen over the weekend. Bitcoin is a, you know, seven days a week, 24 hours a day traded, quote unquote, security where, you know, publicly traded stocks are during the weekday. I'm not sure why that is. There's a, a supply, you know, issue there, right? Because there's not as much trading being probably done on the weekend. So what we saw in cryptocurrency, looks like there was kind of a, a washout in terms of liquidations. And so there wasn't just enough supply to kind of meet that. And that's almost in a way kind of what's happening with a lot of these higher growth tech stocks that everybody piled into. So there was just a lot of people who owned it. And then there comes a point where when people head for the exits, they all do. And then there's nobody that's going to come in and step in to buy some of these names, right? All the growth investors see it start to turn value investors typically don't step in till much, much lower. And that's kind of what we saw actually in, in 2020, right? When things were really bad, there was just no, there was no bid for stocks. I mean, there, there was literally points and, and it was pronounced in the fixed income markets as well, where you couldn't get someone to buy a bond from you if you tried. I mean, prices were just being heavily discounted to the point where the Fed came in and said, Hey, you know, we'll ultimately be your buyer at the end of the day here. And that's what kind of stopped the declines in, in 2020 there. And obviously then vaccines started coming out and things started getting back to normal. But that was the initial you know, action from the Fed was to provide a floor or a bid for some of these securities that just kept falling. Yep. So we'll continue to track this throughout the year, but we actually do have a nice little update here in the market. I think the Dow was up 750 yeah, points as we I were saw. recording this. So. Nice to see a little bit of a bounce back here, but that will do it for this episode. Yeah. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving and good holiday season coming up. Stay safe and thanks for listening. Email us your questions, podcast at lvmcapital.com. 